You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Welcome to a very relieved Rico Bronia podcast. Evan Roberts, Pete Hoffman, the Mets survive. They don't get swept by the San Diego Padres. They don't fall out of first place. That was taken care of earlier in the day on Sunday when the Braves lost. What could have been a treacherous weekend, what could have been a disaster weekend is avoided as the Mets salvage the finale against the Padres. I had quite an adventure getting to this game. Uh, Craig and I had talked about it on the air. We were doing a charity event out on Long Island at Mulcahy's on Sunday night. And so I was doing the event from 5 to 9. And as I'm meeting great listeners to the radio station, I would politely tell them, hey, I'm DVRing the Met game. Uh, which is an awkward thing to say when everybody is like a Met fan. There's some Yankee fans, but tons of Met fans. And most people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. But I did run into a couple of issues throughout my evening, including one person who said, hey, Evan, no worries, no score. And I said, what? Don't don't tell me the freaking score. Now, at that point, I think it was like 8 o'clock. So I figured, okay, I got my first spoiler it's going to be very typical of the first two games of this series where nobody's going to score. Now, the positive to that is when Carlos Carrasco loads the bases with two outs and nobody on in the first inning, and he gives up the back-to-back hits, and he walks Luke Voigt. I was never nervous because some schmuck at the charity event told me, don't worry, it's 0-0. And I figured time-wise, that had to have at least gotten me to the third or fourth inning. The other thing that happened, which turned out not to be the case, but my mind does tricks on me when I'm DVRing a game and I think someone's giving me a hint. This woman says to me as I'm leaving at about 8.45, 9 o'clock, you got swept by the Padres. And I'm thinking to myself, well, time-wise, this doesn't work unless the Mets are losing 8 nothing. Maybe she's just talking trash. Maybe this is a Yankee fan beginning the Subway Series actions by talking trash at me. All I know is when I got to my car, I said to my wife, my my mind is doing tricks on me. I have no idea what's going on in this Met game, but a part of me thinks it's 0-0, and then the Padres break it open in the fifth inning, hence why the woman told me the Mets are going to get swept. The 0-0 part was right. Obviously, the Mets were never getting killed in this game, though, When Eric Hosmer, who I just want to punch in the face, I am so sick of thinking about Eric Hosmer, looking at Eric Hosmer. It makes it worse that they almost traded for him uh, not too long ago. Who knows how that would have worked out, though? Because Eric Hosmer kills the Mets, but then as a Met, he may have killed us. Let's be fair. But when he rips that RBI double off of the immortal Drew Smith in the sixth inning, I think we're all thinking the same thing. Oh, my God. I'm watching the same crap I watched yesterday and the day before. 
You get a good starting pitching performance. In this case, five scoreless from Carrasco. Wasn't easy, but bottom line is, he didn't give up a run in five innings, and the Mets are going to find a way to lose because their offense sucks. Kind of like Friday when Max Scherzer makes one bad pitch. Kind of like Saturday when Chris Bassett gets hosed by Jim Wolf missing a strike three on Manny Machado. And then he gives up, makes one bad pitch, and Manny takes him deep. And we'll get into Buck Showalter, who completely screwed up the Saturday night game, as we will get to. But it did feel, and by the way, my voice has nothing to do with COVID, has nothing to do with being sick. It has to do with the fact that I hosted the charity event, and I felt like I was screaming into the microphone the entire time. Because it was very loud. Uh, I was hosting like live auction items. And Craig couldn't make it because he's still dealing with COVID. So I had to carry the event. And now, now my voice is to the crops. But it's not related to sickness or COVID or anything like that. It's just... I thought you sounded really sexy, to be honest with you. I thought it was great. That, that, that was your sexy voice. It's after midnight. That's true. We are recording this well after midnight. Great commitment by Pete Hoffman, ladies and gentlemen. I'm watching, I'm watching this awful documentary on... I can't even get into it right now. It's very inappropriate. So we'll move on. But yeah, it's on Netflix. I was trying to... F- try to find something to stay up, okay? Because I'm done at like 10.30, right. 10, 10, 10.45. It's like, all right, I got another two hours. So let me find something to keep me going. And this is just awful. But yeah, I'm up. I Let's respect that you were able to do that for me. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> Any, anything for you, Evan. And Pete knew. podcast. Yeah, that's right. For the pop, for the Rico. Pete knew it was going to be a long night. Because I gave him a heads up early. I said, look, midnight, 12.30, 1 a.m. I don't know when we're going to record this. I thought thing. 2 a.m. I thought it was like 2 a.m. I was like, oh, that's going to be a late one. But whatever. Listen, well, look, he, here's the truth. It wouldn't be fair to do this podcast after not watching the game. I mean, that's who I am. I watch every Met game. So how the hell am I going to come on and barely watch a Met game and say, oh, yeah, let's break down this series? I mean, I scored this freaking game. I watched everything in this game. And that's and I mentioned this before on the podcast. It's a part of why DVR is the greatest invention of all time that you can have nights where you do other things and still as a diehard fan, not miss anything. And even though I thought I had spoilers throughout my evening, the truth is I really didn't have any spoilers because the last thing I thought was going to happen was what happened in the sixth inning. And I feel good that after watching the Mets struggle as much as they did offensively against the Cubs and struggle in the first two games against the Padres, that maybe one swing of the bat really broke everything open because Pete Alonso's three-run home run, especially following the frustrations of the previous inning. Remember what happened in the bottom of the fifth inning? It's a footnote now in this game. Vogelbach, and we'll get to that trade coming up, gets the leadoff single. They get a double by Mark Hanna. They have second and third nobody out, and they can't score. They can't score. Luis Guillermo's tapping out to Hosmer. Tomas Nitto's grounded out on the first pitch to third base. And then Brandon Nimmo's unable to come through with a two-out hit. So you have second and third nobody out down a run now because, of course, the Padres scored that run in the top of the inning on the heels of failing with second and third nobody out. So even with Pete Alonso up, I didn't have a lot of confidence they were going to bust open. And I did think for a second, especially when Pete got ahead of the count, that with McNeil struggling, and with the rest of the order not putting a lot of fear in your heart, that Bob Melvin was going to say, put him on. Now, it's a one nothing game. Are you managing that way in the sixth inning? I thought it was possible because even in the Saturday game where the Mets couldn't hit, think about what Pete Alonso did in that game. He was three for four, and the one time he made out, he ripped a line drive to center field. Pete's been on it. He wasn't hitting the ball over the fence, but he's been on it. So I was sort of surprised at two and one, 
even before the at-bats started, that Melvin didn't say to himself, you know what, one nothing game, we've got McNeil, Vogelbach, Canna coming up. F it. I'm not going to let Pete Alonso beat me. But luckily, he didn't go with that approach. And Pete Alonso, with that home run to left center field, at least my hope is, and certainly it looked that way throughout the 6th, 7th, and a little bit in the 8th, even though they didn't score, is that maybe that hit breaks open this offense. Because look, I know I wouldn't have said this if the Mets got swept. You would have gotten a full panic of me because I'm a diehard fan and I would have been freaking out. This offense is not as bad as the way it's played. Now, that doesn't mean they shouldn't have had a bat, more so than just Vogelbach. Like, obviously, they still need to make additions. We've talked about this before. But sometimes when a team is struggling, we start to think, well, that's who they are. They're not this bad. They're not an offense that's going to score two runs a game. They're not the offense we saw in Chicago. They're not the offense we saw in the first two games against this series. Doesn't mean they're a five-run-per-game offense. Doesn't mean they should sit idly by. But I think sometimes we are going to over-exaggerate based on what we've seen recently. I, I really believe that. Now, again, Mets lose this game one nothing. Am I saying that so calmly right now? Probably not. Probably a little emotional. Can I can I question you on that though? Of course, because I I have got into some some debates with people on Twitter, which is a bad thing to do. Yes, it is. But it <laughs> needs needs to happen because there's too many people that are pos like I'm have been very positive all season long. Right. But in this moment, a little dose of reality is good too. And there's too many people de- defending like you're saying. Mets haven't been aren't this bad. They they're not. They're not. But in the in the since like June eighth though, they've been. About mediocre, yes. offensively speaking, they've been on the bottom half of the league. Well, actually, on the bottom like ten of the league. Here's what you got to ask yourself. Here's what you got to ask yourself. What what is the New York Mets offense? What is it? Are they a five run per game offense? No. Are they a three and a half run per game offense? What are they? And sometimes it takes a while to get to the numbers that you're at. But right now, if you look at where the Mets are offensively for the totality of this season, they are fifth in the National League in runs per game. That's where they're sitting. It's not a great number, but they're at about 4.6 runs per game. Are they a fifth in the National League kind of offense? Probably. It's probably what they are. Like, the numbers in totality from what we've seen this season is what they are. They're not as good as what they were in the first two months of the year where they weren't fifth in the National League. They were first or second in the National League. And they're not necessarily as bad as what they've been over the last few weeks. But I want to make something clear. That's not me talking super positively like, hey, they shouldn't do anything. Of course they should do something. Of course they should improve this offense. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
But I'm just, we have to kind of remind ourselves that what we've seen over the last few weeks isn't necessarily what they are. They're not that bad, nor are they the offense we saw over the first two months of the year that scored five runs per game. I don't think they're that good either. So they are right now a mediocre offense that needs to get better, no doubt. But they're not as bad as the way they've played over the last few weeks. Which leads me to the question of what we talked about this last podcast with the trade deadline. What bat is really out there that's going to make this team significantly better so, in the top of the division? So here's the thing. And this is our first pot since they made the Vogelbach trade. A guy that we actually mentioned. We mentioned him briefly when we did the trade deadline podcast, but his name was absolutely mentioned. And I forget what both of us said. I think both of us were like, sure, fine. You um, said Christian Walker. I said Vogelbach's the better. I'd go Vogelbach because I feel like he's got 30-plus power. That's right. So you endorsed Vogelbach. It came from I, you. I did, <laughs> but I didn't actually do it. Look, let, let's react to this trade. All right? And, and I think I had an opinion that a lot of Met fans have. And I got into an argument with somebody in direct messages who's, uh, I'll just say who it is. Me and Governor Christie were arguing about it. Oh. We had differences of opinions. <laughs> I, I don't hate the trade. I want to make that clear. I like the trade. I think that adding Vogelbach as a left-handed bat who's done great damage against right-handed pitching is fine. He's a clear upgrade over Dom Smith. We're at the point where we got to move on. Dom's on the IL. I don't think he plays another game for the Mets this season. Maybe another game for the Mets ever. Okay? So I look this look at this simply as, is Vogelbach an upgrade over Dom Smith? Clearly. I don't think there's any question offensively. He's an upgrade, especially the way he mashes right-handed pitching. The thing that took me by surprise is that they had to give up a competent major league arm out of this bullpen. And one thing we talked about on our trade deadline podcast was when I'm at the trade deadline trying to improve my roster, I don't want to take anybody off my current roster. I don't want to trade anybody off my current roster. Now, this isn't the same as the A's trading Yoannis Cespedes or even the Mets trading Xavier Nady back in 2006. I get it. Colin Holderman had thrown how many innings as a Met? But he was still, if you're ranking the relievers this year, saying, hey, who do I trust? He's in the top four. I mean, after Diaz and after Rodovino, you could make an argument you trust Holderman over Seth Lugo, clearly over Joely Rodriguez, maybe even over Drew Smith. Like, Holderman had looked good. And so I was taken back and disappointed that the piece they had to move in this deal was a guy who can help them right now. Would I have preferred to have given up a single-A player that I wouldn't have to think about for three years? Absolutely. Now, obviously, that single-A player could turn out to be a competent player down the road, could be a star down the road. I get that. It just, I didn't love, this doesn't mean I hate everything, I didn't love the idea that they were removing a guy from this team who could help them now. Okay, that's what I didn't love about it. And the answer that Billy Epler gave was, well, there's a lot of relievers on the market. Okay, well, then go trade for three of them. That'd be my answer. Like, okay, if there are so many relievers on the market, I'm surprised how many relievers are on the market. Go add three. I'm not even kidding that three's the number. Two is probably more realistic. They clearly need to add a lefty. Joely Rodriguez is a disaster. We saw a little brief preview of David Peterson out of the bullpen. He wasn't great today. Doesn't mean I'm giving up on him out of the bullpen, but it was not a great bullpen debut for David Peterson. And if all goes well with the Mets' health, he's going to be in the bullpen. So they need to add a lefty. They need to add 
a legitimate eighth inning guy because as great as Adovino's been, I still don't trust him for the next few months. And then why not a third? So my answer to Billy Epler if, hey, listen, you got to give up something to get something. He gave all the cliches for why they traded Colin Holderman. Okay, go add two, three relievers then. And then we'll see. And then Pete and I and every other Met fan will say, oh, wow, you added David Robertson and A.J. Puck and Andrew Chafin. Great. You did a fine job. I don't care that you gave up uh, Colin Holderman. But for now, for this moment, they gave up a reliever out of this bullpen and they haven't replaced them. So did you view the trade that way, Pete? No. I didn't. I, I assumed that they'd be getting better in the trade deadline as far as relief pitcher-wise, so I was never concerned. Okay. Holder, Holderman showed he could pitch in the major leagues, but who knows if that falls back down to earth. Let, we talk about prospects all the time, and like you value them so high. If he went in a couple more days and he was off, does his value go low? Can you not trade him for Vogelbach or whatever it is? It's like, okay... It, it, this guy really wasn't going to be lengthy in a New York Met uniform anyway. I, I never never thought he's going to be like a, a top-end relief pitcher for the New York Mets. So I'm okay with that. Vogelbach, I don't think, was somebody that we had to sit there and say, we have to give up a big piece to get him. But in the end, I'm happy that he's with the Mets. He actually played well today. Yeah. He, for you know, His at-bats were, were huge. Look, I mean, he had the base hit that started the rally in the fifth. Unfortunately, they couldn't score. He had the walk that kind of started the second portion of the rally in the sixth inning. He's got great command of the strike zone. He's going to be a lovable guy because he's fat. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious that who doesn't love a fat guy? And Vogelbach's fat. He just looks lovable. And it seems like he has a connection with every Met. Uh, He was teammates or did something with Tomas Nitto. Brandon Nimmo knew him years ago. Like... Everybody Lindor. seems to know Vogelbach, and he sort of looks like a Vogelbach, doesn't he? He just he has that. Somebody, somebody said it looks like he ate like Rowdy Telez. <laughs> like I don't know. Something Look, ridiculous. as long as he hits and he produces, we'll all like him. But I don't think that this is the bat, the end-all bat. Now, to answer your question that you asked five minutes ago, and then we went off on Vogelbach, the guy to add, the guy I'm warming up more and more to, that they should add that really changes things in this lineup, realistically, is Josh Bell. Because I think it's obvious Josh Bell's going to be traded. Switch hitter, great splits from both sides. Uh, Can play first base, not that that's really that important. I think Bell, to me, of the guys that are 100% going to be traded, because there are some other guys that I think since we last spoke that you can start thinking about. And I go right to the Red Sox. You know, it's funny, when we did our trade deadline pod a week ago it feels like it was an eternity ago because the Red Sox had such an embarrassing weekend against Toronto the inside the park grand slam where Duran just kind of gives up on it like it was such a bad weekend that you start to wonder now wait a second Wilhelm Bloom sell like I I didn't even want to bring up talking about the Red Sox a week ago because I thought it was unrealistic I think their weekend was so bad that could they trade JD Martinez yeah And J.D. was always the dream guy. That was always the the number one, oh, my God, if the Red Sox could fall out of it, it'd be so good. And they've got other guys that would be pretty appealing. They've had guys in their bullpen that have had pretty good years. That would be interesting to target. So I don't know if Heim Bloom's going to do it. But when you say, hey, what bat can they add that really makes a difference? 
realistically, Josh Bell, and I'd continue on with J.D. Martinez. And I doubt that trading for Vogelbach is necessarily going to preclude the Mets from doing something else. I think they looked at Vogelbach more as a, we're replacing Dom Smith. And if he has to become just a left-handed bat off the bench who pinch hits for Tomas Nito, then that's what he should do. 